Hi, this is Ricardo, pastor of Journey Church Ventura. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hope you're having a great week. We hope it's life-giving and life-changing. Take care. Well, we have been doing this series called Mind Games. And uh, the, 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 the reality is, is that our mind is constantly, constantly active. It is constantly doing things. Even when you're sleeping, your mind is doing things. And that's why you dream. That's why you have nightmares. That's why you do different things that are going on when you're sleeping is all kinds of these things are happening. And my encouragement to you is this, is simply pay attention to your mind. Pay attention to your mind. Uh, and, and you may not want to know what's going on in there. You may, wanna, may not want to focus on what's going on in there. But man, that's the only way we're going to win the mind game is to understand what's happening in our mind and then what to do with it when we get there. Now, have you ever been tempted to say everything you're thinking? Have you ever been tempted to say it? Now, if you're grown up and you, you've, you've come to the understanding that it probably wouldn't be appropriate to say everything that you think. And I'm not trying to insult you. I'm just saying, let's be real, right? Is that we think stuff that um, is going on. Even this very moment, you are, you're listening to me, but you're also thinking, you, you just saw that speck of dust on your dash. You just, oh, I need to clean that speck of dust on my dash, and then I, if I do that, then I gotta wash the car. I gotta wash the car, but if I, if I wash the car, do I wash it at home, where there's not, people that don't like water, and then all of a sudden, oh, there's a, there went a car. I really like that car that went by. Oh, I need to pay the bills. If I pay the bills, then I can't wash the car or have it washed, and then I had, oh, and then what if my friend, I'm worried about my friend, I don't know. And that's all that kind of stuff is going on in your head right now as I speak. All that stuff. And it's okay. It's okay. And hopefully I'll say a few things that will get through the, the menagerie of things that we think about and hopefully we'll get to your heart. But there's crazy stuff. Can, how many thoughts do you think we think a day? Believe it or not, there are millions there's, there's potentially millions, unless you have the gift of turning your mind off, which very few people do. There are millions of thoughts going through our mind every day as we walk, as we talk, as we watch TV, as we sit here and have a service, a drive-in service or online service. No matter what we're going through, there are millions of thoughts going on, and uh, we have uh, all kinds of things going on in there. Have you ever heard the word, uh, that thought popped into my mind? Well, there are thoughts popping into your mind right now. There are thoughts just coming, and they're popping in, and you're like, oh, man, what do I do with all these thoughts? What about the, uh, the, the concept of uh, I entertain my thoughts? We'll talk more about this in just a little bit, but think about that. You, you got a thought. It comes knocking at your door. This is the whole idea of entertaining a thought. As you go to the door, hey, there's a thought. What do I do with that thought? Hey, come on in. Hey, why don't you have a sit down? And sometimes those thoughts that come to the door, we shouldn't let in. We shouldn't entertain them, but we bring them in anyway. We let them sit down in our couch and we, we begin to have a conversation with those thoughts. And all of a sudden, those thoughts are doing all the talking instead of us doing the controlling of the conversation, right? You have all these things going through your head. Now you're entertaining this thought. Now you're throwing a party for this thought. Now you're going crazy, and you're just playing with that thought, and all of a sudden that thought has control, and it's taken over. 
Now we have to pray, what thoughts should we entertain? What thoughts shouldn't we let in the door? What thoughts should we keep out? How do we do that? How do we keep all these thoughts from coming our way? And how do we get good thoughts, more good thoughts than bad thoughts, coming through and making a difference in our lives? Well, there's this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 6. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1 through 6, that I think gives us some clues on how to handle these destructive thoughts or thoughts that are unhealthy in our lives. And it goes like this. I'll read the whole passage and then we'll talk about it. By the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you when away. I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and, pre and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And here it is. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And we will be ready to punish every act of obedience, uh, disobedience once your obedience is complete. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the author of this, this passage is the Apostle Paul. And the big question we want to answer today, the, the big thought that we want to, to kind of accomplish, or the big question we want to answer is simply this. How do we declare war on our destructive thoughts? How do we declare war on our destructive thoughts? How many know that each day, you don't have to honk your horn for this, you don't have to admit, you don't have to do anything, this is true confession time. How many will admit that we have destructive, unhealthy, not good thoughts almost every day? Almost every day, there's something that comes our way. There's a person that we're reminded of. There's an action that somebody does. There's, a, there's a, an image that we have something, we have a choice to make and thoughts that are created by those images. And we have an opportunity to take those thoughts captive, the scripture says. We have an opportunity to take those thoughts captive. So Paul is writing this story and he's writing these comments to the Corinthian church. Now, the Corinthian church was a church that he founded. He started this church. He went to Corinth, and he led people to Jesus, and he began to disciple these people. And that church grew, and it grew, and it grew, and it got bigger and bigger. And he began to disciple, and then he discipled a couple pastors, and he, he led the, the leadership of that church, and they became a big church in the, the, the city of Corinth. And as a result, he's kind of the father of this church. And he trained them, and he trained them what to believe. He trained them how to think. He trained them uh, how to act in, as, as a Christian in, the, in their community. Then this group of people called the Judaizers came along. And they began to tell lies. They began to tell lies about who uh, Paul is. They were saying he's weak. He's, he's not much of an apostle. He has all kinds of physical problems. He's, he's, he's a, a weak dude, and he just isn't a good leader, and you shouldn't follow him. And, and the Corinthian church was, was uh, vulnerable to their, to their lies and to their, uh, <clears throat> to their deception. And they were trying to discredit Paul by suggesting that he was uh, no good. And so the, you can imagine, Paul, just imagine that you've spent a lifetime parenting a child 
and helping them grow up and helping them become mature. And then all of a sudden, someone else comes along and says something about your child and says something to your child. Hey, your parents are no good. Your parents are just trying to control you. They're, t- they're just trying to ruin your life. They're just trying to take over. And, and, and can you imagine how angry he would be at those people? Or you would be at those people if they were trying to cheat your child out of a good life, a healthy life, and the way you've led your child? That would be, uh, uh, for me, those are fighting words. And Paul calls it a war. Paul calls it something that says, man, you mess with my kids, you're in trouble. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But this is the context in which he's, he's, he's fighting against. He's telling these people, listen, don't let people bring thoughts into your mind that are destructive, that are, are, are thoughts that are going to ruin your life. And so he starts in this passage of scripture again. He says, by the humility and gentleness of Christ, I appeal to you. And he's coming, understanding that he has all authority in Christ to lead and instruct this church, but he's also coming with humility. And he says, I, Paul, who am timid when face to face with you, but bold toward you, went away. Now, this sounds a little bit like Paul has been texting, (laughs) right? How many people are bold when you text? Man, you can text and you can say, I know what I'm thinking. And then you get face to face and go, oh, hi, how are you? Kind of a little softer when you're present, but you're a little bolder when you're texting, right? You might even bold the letters when you're texting so that that means you're screaming, okay? And so this, this is kind of what's been said of Paul. And Paul is actually being sarcastic here because he's ba- basically saying, listen, I am not timid, nor am I, I'm humble. And I know how to love people and I know how to show people love, but I'm not timid. I'm coming with power. I'm coming with the authority of Jesus Christ. I'm coming as an apostle of Jesus Christ, someone called to disciple, called to lead a bunch of people, and I am ticked off that you, the Judaizers, are lying to the Corinthian church and telling them falsehoods. And he's just ticked off. And so he's being a little sarcastic here. And he says, I'm willing to be patient. I'm willing to, 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 to let things settle, but I'm coming in the authority. And then he says this in verse 2. He says, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people who think that we live by the standards of this world. So the, the, the Judaizers are telling the Corinthian church, hey, it's about rules and regulations. It's not about love and grace. It's about earning your way to Jesus instead of uh, understanding that Jesus did all the work on the cross. That's the, that's the lie of the Judaizers. And they were trying to tear down the, the leadership of Paul by telling him that he was a weak leader. And as a result, the end, end result is simply this, is that they, they were starting, the Corinthian church was starting to believe, oh yeah, I got to get religious. I got to start obeying rules and regulations rather than having a relationship with Jesus Christ. I'm going to have a, a, a rules and regulation relationship with Jesus Christ. And so Paul gets ticked, and he says, um, I beg you that when I come, I may not have to be as bold as I expect to be towards some people. Have you ever, as a parent, have you ever said to your kids, hey, don't make me come down there? That's what he's saying right here. I hope I don't have to come down there and do what is necessary. I hope I don't have to come over there and, and give you a whooping. I hope I don't have to come down there and straighten everything out. Have you ever had to say that? Maybe you're a much more gracious parent than I am, but... Um, I've had to say that. 
<laughs> I've said to my kids, hey, don't make me come over there. If I do, then I'm going to give you a big hug and tell you that I love you so much. Verse 3 says, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. So Paul is making this argument. Listen, we are in a battle, and the battle is for the way of thinking that helps us stay in, rela- in right relationship with God and helps us continue our mission to follow the, the mission that God has set for us. Anything that gets in the way of your relationship, anything that gets in the way of the mission is a, a reason for war. Okay? Now, I'm not talking literal war because this is very, very clearly saying we don't fight like the world fights. Okay? But it does mean that we fight. We fight for our relationship with Jesus Christ. I will always fight on behalf of you and as your pastor. I will always fight for truth in your life. I will always, I'll never be afraid to tell you the truth because the Bible is the truth. And with that Bible, if we don't have someone that says this is the truth and this is the way and the Bible is going to, to tell us the truth, then we will fall to the, to the wiles of the enemy. And we will fall into the deception that the enemy wants us to believe. And we'll talk about more in that in, in just a minute. But the power of understanding that Paul is identifying, hey, Judaizers are getting in the way of your faith and they're getting in the way of the mission and it ticks me off and it's time for war. And that's what Paul's saying to these, to, to these Corinthians. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. In other words, we're not going to accept this. We're not going to accept this direction that the Judaizers are going. And then he says in verse 4, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power, divine power to demolish strongholds. Do you realize we have divine power to not let these thoughts, we have divine power to not let uh, these attempts of the enemy to take over and to win. We are winners. Look at your neighbor in your car and say, we are winners. Look at your neighbor at home and say, we are winners. We're not losers. Amen? Amen. Amen. I've had people tell me that I'm a Mexican, not a Mexican. Okay? We are Americans, not Americans. Okay? Whatever ethnicity you are, you're a winner, not a loser. And we have to believe that. For we- the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of, this, of the world. On the contrary, they have po- divine power to demolish strongholds. Strongholds are anything that separates us from God and prevents his mission from happening. Strongholds are anything that weakens our faith, anything that keeps us from moving forward in our walks with God, anything that gets in the way of the church and its mission is, is a stronghold, and we need to have the power that it takes to demolish those strongholds. I like what one author said. He said this, a successful campaign, which is a war, a successful campaign can be, a waged, can be waged in the spiritual realm only as human resources are abandoned and total reliance is placed on spiritual weaponry. We cannot think in terms of the way of the world. This is a fallacy. We can't just fight back with the world like it fights with us. We have to fight with power, divine power, that demolishes strongholds. And those divine uh, instruments are prayer, love, 
The name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, you have the power of the name that was resurrected from the dead, that lives today and is eternally our king. You have that name on the tip of your tongue to use against any force that chooses to come against you. And I encourage you to use that name, not abuse it, but use it when you have something that's not true, that's not right, that's in your way, that's in your way of a relationship with him or in your way of accomplishing the mission. We have the belt of truth. The armor, if you know the armor, we need the truth in our lives. That's why it's so important to read the Bible. The breastplate of righteousness, the robe that God gives us, that, that is the truth. The, the devil's going to tell you that you're a sinner, you're a failure, you're weak, you can't live up to it. Well, you're right. He's right in the sense that you need to get your act together, but we can't get our act together without that robe of righteousness, that breastplate that only Jesus can provide. The reason we stand holy before God is not because of any works we've done, but because of the work he's done. And that's what makes us righteous. <clears throat> the helmet of salvation, the truth that you and I are forgiven and that we have eternal life in our lives and it can't uh, attack our, our head, our brain, the shield of faith, that shield that holds us and that shield that can be an offensive weapon to help us move forward, the sword of the spirit and the shoes of the gospel of peace. All of those are the weapons of the warfare, which we do not have time to preach about each one of those today. But those are the divine weapons that have the power to dare, tear down the strongholds. And if we have those, we can win. So we demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We demolish arguments and every pretension. Doesn't that sound violent? That's because that's what it is. Something that comes our way that isn't right, that some, the, the, the deception that the enemy tells us isn't right. We need to tear that thing down. We need to demolish it. We need to get angry and ticked off and say, no, devil, no, world. You do not have a way of speaking into my heart, into my spirit. You will not get in the way. And we take that thing and we beat it. And we. I turned around one time. I was washing my car and we had a, a, a golden retriever. And the golden retriever was sitting behind me. And she's a beautiful dog. And, and uh, all of a sudden, I heard this, yeep. And I'm like, what is going on behind me? And all of a sudden, I turn around, and here's this mastiff, this huge, massive dog. It's got Zoe, our golden retriever, by the neck. And, and, and the mastiff has taken the golden retriever and going, and each time she would hit the ground, she'd go, yeep. And then, yeep. And I turn around, and I... I'm afraid of dogs. I think I've told you my, my, my pit bull story, being attacked by six pit bulls, and now I, I, I have to change my pants every time I see a pit bull, all those kinds of things. Excuse me, that might be a little too graphic. But um, it's for real. <laughs> I see a pit bull, and it's like, oh, man, didn't bring the Depends today. I should have. And, and so <coughs> it's bad. It's bad. So I turn around and I see this mastiff and I lost my fear. I did not have any fear. And I said, you get out of here. And that mastiff, I was just big. I was bad. I was ugly, whatever it was. And, and, and that mastiff just dropped Zoe and took off. And Zoe was going, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yes, just this happy uh, golden retriever. And man, I was ready to demolish. That's the kind of attitude 
that we have to have when we see something come our way, a thought that comes into our head that, that is completely contrary to what God wants us to have, the completely contrary to the way God wants us to think, and we need to go, no, I, I deny that thing, and you take it by its neck, and you just say, no way, and you smash that thing with the truth of the gospel. You smash it with the power of the Holy Spirit. You smash it in the name of Jesus. Whatever it takes, you have the weapons, the divine power to demolish strongholds, and everything that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And then it says we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. We take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ. You capture this thing. You don't let it roam around. You don't let it have freedom. You don't, you, this thing, this, these, these thoughts just pop into your head. Whoop. And if it's a bad one, you don't let it go and just kind of roam around in there. That's freedom. No, you grab that thing, you hold on to it, and you say, no way. You don't have any place in this home. You don't have any place in this mind. You don't have any place. In fact, I'm going to wrap you up. And here's what happens. How many know that when you capture somebody, the first thing you do is you identify it, right? You label it. You say, that is, and let me tell you, the, one of the best ways to stop sinning is to call sin what it is. So, nope, that is lust, you call it out, and all of a sudden you're going, oh, whoa, 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 that's sin. But you know what the devil wants you to do? You know what? No, this is a moment, just a, just a, a calm, a, a calm kind of nice moment for me to think about something pleasant. And he wants it. The enemy just wants you to kind of entertain the thought. Oh, it's lust. Come on in the door. Then you start playing with, you know, and you start talking about lust, and you start talking with lust, and, you, you know, and lust is, is appealing. It appeals to the flesh, and all of a sudden you're feeling good about it. And you know what you need to do to that thing? You need to slam the door on the face of lust. And you say, in the name of Jesus, you don't belong here. You get that thought, you're hanging with a friend, and you know something else about another friend, and, and you think, I need to share this little little piece of information that I know about this friend with this friend. You know what that is? Gossip. Call it what it is. It's gossip. It's, it's, it's a tool of the enemy to tear down relationship between you and the other friend. You want to, uh, you're paying your taxes and you think, oh, I don't need to tell anybody about that money I made over here. I don't need to pay taxes for that. You want And you, all of a sudden you find yourself lying. I don't, it's not a political statement about taxes, but what? You want, you want to, you want to lie about that? You want, and, and that's, that's a thought that comes into our heads, right? Hey, you know, no one's going to know. No one's, and, and those kinds of things come in. They knock on your door and they go, hey, a uh, 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 lie is here. And you're like, what? open the door, have a seat. Start having a conversation with lie. You need to shut the door. You need to capture that thing. You need to say, no, in the name of Jesus, you will be submissive to the truth of the word of God. And that's when you begin to win over the sin in our lives, when we begin to name it and say, no, that is a lie. No, that is gossip. No, that is lust. When we label it, then we win. So you want to label it, you want to defy it, then you want to search it. 
You want to label it and then search it. Is that really bad for me or is that good for me? And some thoughts are, are hard to discern sometimes. And so the way, you know, anytime you capture somebody, if you go, if, you, if the police are, are arresting somebody, what is the first thing they do? The first thing they do is they, they identify the person, then they restrict the person, right? They capture it and then they search them. And so you look at that thought and you go up against the wall. And then you begin to search that, that thought and say, is this a good one or is this a bad one? All of a sudden, you're searching this thought and you find, oh, there's a weapon in here. Oh, that's, that's going to do damage. Oh, and, and pretty soon, you realize that that thought is no good. And then you put it in jail. You wrap it up and you cap, hold it captive and then you demolish it. Now, understand, this is in the, in the realm of your thoughts. Now, I'm not talking about how to treat people. I'm talking about how to treat your thoughts and these thoughts that come our way and these thoughts that begin to control our lives and these thoughts that are allowed in the room. We need to capture them before they ever get there. We need to keep the door locked and turn the bolt on and whatever it takes to keep these thoughts out of our lives. And the only way to do that is, I, and I've found the best way to do that is to label it, name it identify it, hold it captive, search it. Is it good or is it bad? And then if it's bad, you get rid of it. You, you capture it and you demolish it. I like what one author said. He said simply this. He says, once the walls of the mind are torn down, then the doors of the heart can be opened. Once we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and, and, and we don't let the, 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 the things in our lives come in into our mind and we allow the things that are, are good to stay and we make the things that are bad, we tear them down and we wreck them. Some of us are so caught up in the things of this world, in the teachings of this world, in the lies of this world that we are so bound up now that we can't think for ourselves. We can't allow the Holy Spirit. What I'm praying this morning is that we would demolish strongholds in the name of Jesus. That we would defeat bad thinking in the name of Jesus. If you're online today, whoever you are and whatever you're going through, God is more powerful than the thoughts that are holding you captive. The things that you're doing, the things that are, are starting in the mind and beginning to wear, wait work their way out into your actions, God is more powerful than those things. If you're here on site, God is more powerful than the, the thoughts that you have coming through your mind. And you can control them. You can control them just as easy as it is to turn off a TV. You can turn off those thoughts by putting truth in front of them and letting truth, the truth of Jesus Christ, overcome and overpower that thought. God is able to do more than we could ever ask or think. The last passage of Scripture, verse 6 says, Paul kind of finishes and wraps this thought up, and he says, And we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once your obedience is complete. He's simply saying to the Corinthian church, hey, once you guys begin to hold your thoughts captive, then we can deal with these Judaizers. But as, as long as you're their ally, as long as you're their friend, we're not going to be able to work together. That's going to mess it all up. We can't have lies going on over here and truth going on over here and have fellowship work. It doesn't happen. And that's why we all must be in the same boat when it comes to understanding that the truth of the gospel, the truth of the Bible is what guides and directs our lives. Nothing else. 
One of the biggest and most important responsibilities that I have every week is not to share my opinions about what I think the Bible says, but only to share what the Bible says. And when it makes, when it, when it comes out, it's what is powerful. It is what is transforming. Not, not me, not what I say, but the power of the Word of God. And so today, Paul is saying, let's not get our, our, our heads filled with a whole bunch of lies from this world. And let's not fight like the world does. But let's take on the power, the, the instruments of, of, of war, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, the, the, the shield of faith, the sword of the spirit, all of those things, the shoes of, of the gospel of peace. And let's use those tools to overcome and demolish the things of this world, the thoughts that come into our head. And I guarantee you, if you'll start labeling it and you'll start capturing it and you'll start searching it and then you will demolish it once you find that it's, it's no good for you, you will find victory in your life and your life will become victorious and you'll begin to walk in confidence in your faith, in joy in your faith, in hope in your faith and people around you will begin to see, oh man, there's a difference there. Oh man, there's a difference there. Oh, look at that attitude. Look at that. He's fighting differently, but that, however he's fighting, however she's fighting is winning and people want to be a part of a winning team. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much. I thank you so much that you have given us divine power to demolish strongholds. And all of us face those strongholds. All of us face those weaknesses in our lives, those weak points in our hearts, in our minds, where we, we get caught up and we begin to entertain thoughts that we should never entertain. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus that for those in, on site and online that are struggling, that you would help them find a place in their hearts and in their minds to know that they can take that thought captive. They can identify it. They can call it what it is. And they, in the name of Jesus, can demolish it. And no longer will it have control over their lives. I pray in the name of Jesus that you begin to set people free rather than be held captive in their own minds that now they are the ones holding those thoughts captive in jesus name i pray that you set hearts and minds free from gossip and lying and lust and all the other things that are, are controlling our lives in the name in fear i pray that you just demolish fear in the name of jesus for you did not give us a spirit of fear but a spirit of sound mind and of love and of and, and of strength and power and I pray in the name of Jesus that you would just raise up that power in our lives rather than the weaknesses. I thank you, God, that you allow us the, the privilege of being able to use your name, never to abuse it, but to use it in victory over these evil thoughts, over these dark places, over these things that pop into our minds. Help us not to entertain anything but good thoughts. Lord, you tell us to think on the, the good things of life. And Lord, we do that right now in Jesus' name. Maybe you're here today and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but you want one. Today, you're here and you want to uh, engage in this power, this power that can help you and strengthen you and allow you to live a victorious life and not, not a life that, that, that is constantly derailing your hope. 
Well, all you have to do is say, Jesus, I'm a sinner, and I need your forgiveness. And I trust that the work you did on the cross, by dying on the cross, works for the forgiveness of my sin. And the work that you did to raise from the dead gives me the hope of eternal life. And I commit to follow you for the rest of my life. If that's you and you want to pray that prayer, just pray this after me. Dear Jesus, please forgive me of my sin. I've, made, I've sinned and I've made mistakes. I've had wrong thinking. And I need you to forgive me. And I accept that forgiveness based on the work you did on the cross. And I believe that you are raised from the dead. And today, based on my confession of faith in you, I am now eternally saved and have the hope to spend eternity with you. And I commit to follow you with my whole heart for the rest of my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. <laughs> That's the best prayer you could ever pray. Amen. That's the best prayer you could ever pray. And if you prayed that prayer, would you just let us know? Go online and just let us know. Hit the connection card, and you could tell us that you accepted Jesus Christ. And we'll help you in your walk with God in your next steps of faith. And we just believe God's going to do some amazing things in your life. I want to pray one last prayer. And that is for anybody that is struggling in this area of strongholds. I just believe right now, uh, for whatever God is prompting me, that there's a unique circumstance. You're on the edge of life. You are so discouraged and so frustrated that you are contemplating taking your life. And that is, that is a lie from the pit of hell. And I'm just following what God's speaking to my heart right now. But I believe that with all my heart right now, God is setting you free. Because He, you, have just become aware that you have a weapon to demolish the stronghold, whatever it is. I, God's not speaking to me about what it is, but he's speaking to you and giving you the strength to overcome that. And no longer do you need to live in despair or guilt or shame of that, of that particular stronghold that he has. In Jesus' name, I pray that you be set free, that you begin to activate that, label it, identify it. If it's wrong, in the name of Jesus, capture it, and in the name of Jesus, demolish it with the stronghold and the tools that you have in your hand. In the name of Jesus, be set free right now. And I pray for everybody else. God, all of us need to hold those thoughts captive, those things that come in that are unhealthy, that are not well, that, that will lead us down our wrong path. I pray in the name of Jesus that you set every one of us free to live in victory with you. I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. God bless you guys. Woo! I hope you have a wonderful day. Continue with us in our 24 days of prayer. And we're going to see God do some pretty amazing things. And we'll see you next weekend. God bless you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to join your journey. And I hope the message made a big difference in your life. And if it did, we just encourage you to go to journeychurchventura.com and let us know. Also, be free to share this message with your friends and family. We just love to impact as many people as we can. Once again, thank you for joining us at Journey Church Ventura. Yeah.